What's up, everybody? We're back today talking racism at Starbucks and a lot more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. All my lyrics so conscious, you probably think I don't have any fun. Say na 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 But let me remind you, I love girls and I'm 21. Say na 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 So I'm gonna act like I don't care about anything tonight. Say na 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 and I'm gonna talk to any girl I see in my side Say na 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 Damn right cause I'm single Can't judge me if I mingle I touch her heels and they tingle So I better hit her bells and they jingle out. That's what's up right there Girl let's go Killing it right there, killing it. <laughs> See, we did something different today on Black Hollywood Live this week. We changed it up. We had the live performance game Woo-hoo! today. Yeah, That's Sean Say right now in the hey, house. I killing am. it. I appreciate hey. you know, bringing me on, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That was dope. That was a dope intro. What else is dope here is our panel of guests today outside of Sean. We got Courtney Stewart. I'm back, I'm back. What's up, y'all? And Mr. Melvin Jackson Jr. What's going on? Thank you for having me. In the house, you got a new project coming out you're going to tell us about yes, pretty soon? absolutely. And I am, of course, I'm Dario Christian, and we are back here today with a lot of topics, a lot in the news this week. No, a lot. So we're going to talk about those things, but we're going to get back to you two and talk about the projects you're working on as well. Yeah, so. find out where we can find out. Just be single and mingle and all that good <laughs> all stuff. All that kind of good stuff. Single and mingling. <laughs> all right, we're going to jump right into the topics. And, of course, our top topic, because she is the queen of the world, is Beyonce, y'all. And I know... Who, did you give a hand clap in the booth? Is that what I just heard? I did not realize I was uh, not muted. <laughs> Somebody's excited about Beyonce. You part of the beehive there, Anthony? I did just clap to myself. Yes, yes. yes. See how she brings everybody to everybody. life, y'all, because she gave us life over the weekend at Coachella, which has now been renamed Beachella. And it is Beachella Part 1, y'all, because she got to do it again this yeah. coming weekend. Yeah. So we'll look to see that. But, of course, it was all in the news. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was excited. I mean, I was excited. I watched it about six times the next day. Um, and one of the interesting things that came out of it was that Miss Tina Lawson, basically, she went on her Instagram and she was so overjoyed by the work that her daughter did and she actually, you know, fessed up to being sort of a detractor in the beginning when Beyonce kind of came to her with the idea of what she wanted to do for the performance. And Miss Tina saw a post um, from, a, uh, from a writer later after Beyonce performed that was like touting her praises and saying how amazing it was. She took us to Wakanda, she took us to church, she took us to school and all of this. And Miss Tina was so overwhelmed with how much love her daughter was given that she came back and she admitted on her own Instagram page, she said, quote, I told Beyonce that I was afraid that the predominantly white audience at Coachella would would be confused by all of the black culture and black college culture because it was something that they might not get. Her brave response to me, feeling a bit selfish, and I, I'm sorry, her brave response to me was, 
Um, Mom, I've worked very hard to get to the point where I have a true voice. And at this point in my life and my career, I have a responsibility to do what's best for the world and not what's most popular. She said that her hope is that after the show, young people would research this culture and see how cool it is. And young people, black and white, would listen to Lift Every Voice and Sing and see how amazing the words are for us and all bridge the gap. She also hopes that it will encourage young kids to enroll in our amazing HBCUs. And she said, I stand corrected. My daughter knew what she was talking about. I'm glad she went for it. And she told all of us that, you know, sometimes your kids teach you more than you've taught them. So she felt really good about that. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I, listen, it's Beyonce. <laughs> I mean, she, she, she hardly does any wrong, you know. And then I think it's funny. I've been hearing that conversation a lot about the HBCU stuff and yeah. how that was going to be represented as far as being in front of the predominantly Caucasian audience. But we got to remember, she did Super Bowl and did the Black Panther during Super Bowl, which is the largest sports game in the world and yeah. she pulled out the Black Panther for that That's and there's true. lots of people who you know some people were probably aware of Black Panther but some people were clueless so I'm not surprised I'm not mad at her for doing it I'm glad she did it because she's right people will now look at it and if they don't know about it it makes it more relevant you know mm-hmm. well also the um, Essence.com had a writer that wrote a very interesting piece about her response to Beyonce and I would love to hear what you guys think um, she said that Beyonce actually felt, she felt like Beyonce gave two performances that night. She said, first, it was one for us, you know, to help us remember our youth and remember the greatness of, you know, being black and being proud of going to HBCUs, et cetera, et cetera. But she went on to say that the second performance that was not for us, it was for them. And in her performance for them, she presented black culture not for the world's consumption, but for its salvation. Mm. She lifted black spirituality, artistry, education, and activism to boldly proclaim that when the world recognizes the endless possibilities within black culture and the humanity of the people, and the humanity of the people... I'm going to say humanity like three more times just because we got some other topics that's going to talk about humanity and why people are messed up. But if you, um, and it uplifts the humanity of the people um, who provides it then and only then can we all be free. So basically she gave a whole lot of credit to Beyonce's uh, performance in terms of what it was actually doing and saying, do you guys actually think if you have watched it or have not watched it, that that was really communicated or do you think this person is just over intellectualizing something that people are not even really going to pay that much attention to? I think that it was so much publicity over it that I think that it can do that because it was like, wow, you didn't expect that. Like, So it's, you know, if, sometimes we have to learn with artistry. So I think that what she was trying to do came across and we saw the stepping, we saw a lot of things. So it makes people that are not black to be interested in like, oh, let me see this because there is an icon like Beyonce doing this. Um, I think there is some truth to what she said. You know, I think that sometimes it, that it can be over uh, dramatized in a sense but you know she has a point to where at least there's a thought pattern that happens it may not be all of what she said but at least a little bit there that people were like okay well let me see what this is all about and now be more interested in actually getting to know what our culture is really about instead of shying away from it because it's not something that they grew up in man uh, I, I, in my opinion man I think that it's it's kind of it's kind of sad that uh, we have to even have this conversation that you know, it's a big thing to even just be yourself, you know, to just do something to represent our culture. Because if you think about it, if it was a, an Asian artist and he did something to represent his his culture, that would just be expected. Yeah. Because they, you know, they, they do that. Like, other cultures represent their culture. It's just us 
who are known for once we make it to a certain pinnacle, we just let all that go because it's bad for politics. So it's kind of sad that we got to talk about it instead of this should be a regular because there's so many of us that, you know, do positive things every day. So it's kind of sad that we got to have this conversation. But since we are, of course she's right. There's nothing wrong with what she's doing. There's nothing wrong with, you know, reviewing our history or what we have and what's what's hot for our culture, you know, what we relate to. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, that's beautiful. It should be on the average, really. I agree. I mean, but I think that sometimes these conversations need to happen for eventually it not to be a conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like right. once, you know, there's lots of things we've talked about in the past that eventually it was like, okay, we, 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 we have covered that subject <laughs> to the extent. Right. So let's move on from it. And I think that this is one of those examples. I feel like hopefully we will not still be talking about right. the same thing two, three years from now when Beyonce or whoever's next, <laughs> or whoever's next, you right. know, is is performing. It should know? be like oh, okay. Blue Ivy, oh, whoever, okay. yeah, yeah. Blue Ivy, hey, Blue Ivy, her cool. group. Like, okay, cool, so then, you know? do you think at some point, because there's this whole saying going around about the unapologetic blackness that is sort of occurring? It's almost like it's a trend in culture across art forms, yeah. whether it's on television, whether it's um, Beyonce on stage or whatever. Do you think that? that is something that we're all sort of leaning into now, for real? Is it just something that's kind of cool right now? Is it something, do you feel like you can be unapologetically black in a way that you never were before? I think that, man, like, to be honest, I think a lot of this now, being black and being proud of it, even more came from Black Panther. Like, we came out in numbers, and, like, I <laughs> I dressed up, like, as King, yeah. I, Prince I King. Like, I, you know, it just took you there to another level to where it's like, I'm black. I'm proud of it. I'm not going to apologize for who I am and, and, and what I cannot be. I cannot be anything else but black. When I walk outside, I'm black. So I think that thing, definitely with everything that's happening in our community, us getting killed and uh, um, things are being taken away from us, that now people, like, we have to own our blackness and we have to continue to showcase what our ancestors were showcasing being proud of who they are and not trying to be something that you're not uh, I agree I feel mm-hmm. that uh, the, thing, the thing that I love about it um, things like Black Panther what made people really love Black Panther is that for the first time we saw ourselves in a light where it's like yo this is really cool. Yeah. This could is this what we could be? Like yeah. you know, just give you another perspective that we've never truly seen. Most black movies they're gonna go to slavery, you yeah. know, and like people don't wanna really get into that anymore. Yeah. So it, it was it was definitely cool and that's kinda what this is, you know, in a sense. So you yeah. might be right with that. It might be something that's more than just a moment. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's just a moment right <laughs> now. I think that I think that everything that's happening is happening for a reason and and it's needed. It's like you know, I, I agree with Melvin that the black that Black Panther definitely helped. I think yeah. to kind of reiterate the, the the culture and and obviously the numbers. We're seeing the numbers mm-hmm. of the movie be so successful. So I think that black people as a whole are like, see, we told you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Now, are we going to all wear dashikis every place we go? N- not necessarily. I mean, some people will, but... I may. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I wear everywhere. a couple dashikis. I'm like, <laughs> I need to get a couple. I was like, I need some more. My, I'll be wearing the same one, you know. Y'all <laughs> play Daryl wearing that same dashiki, dashiki again. Um, no, but I mean, I think that it's, I don't think it's just a, a fad this time. I really think that culturally this is this is starting to be a, a movement change that will still occur in an, like as the future comes. I agree. Okay, and my last question, I'm not going to beat this to death, but it's, I don't know. Okay, so there's, I call it a tick in our people, like where there's a point, and obviously there's historical reasons why these things happen, but once, you know, you get so far, you have to set aside some of 
what you are to a degree to be accepted in the broader audience. Do you think that we're getting to a place where our standard is our standard alone? Or is it just now that white culture technically, because white folks went and saw Black Panther. Like, yes, we were proud of it, but white folks accepted it and went and saw it and there are reasons for the number. So now that they're sort of accepting of that space, now we can accept it ourselves. And does that in turn make us only doing what we've still been doing all along, all along, and that's needing white validation for black excellence? Mm, ooh, that's, yeah, you went, you went there with that one. That's so, a good point. I mean, that's saying. a good point. I mean, whew. I'm just curious because, like, these are all the things. Everybody's, like, super excited. And don't get me wrong, y'all, I was dancing. I'm still trying to learn the moves. I, was, I want the <laughs> outfits, like, all of it. Like, I was doing it, but I started to wonder. I'm like, well, is this, are we excited about this? Because, yes, obviously we're proud and, like, super, and I love that the bands were there to took me home like I felt like I was back in Atlanta again like I get it but is it because now that the broader like mainstream whatever you want to call it is like like oh that was excellent that we now say it's because the band's been bombed since I was I mean the, you know yeah, what I'm saying always. like my battle of the bands it's was everything, been, I mean, everything and right. we loved it but right. somehow that wasn't something that we were proud of and put on a pedestal or maybe we just didn't have anybody to put it on a pedestal I don't know so I'm just wondering like if, are we just in a place now again where white folks think it's cool so okay yeah it is cool guys we are, we're okay saying it's so cool now I definitely okay anybody? no no go ahead please. okay okay the way I feel about that I love that she brought that up um about needing uh in the past we've needed white validation um that has probably been our biggest issue with ourselves because really I feel like if we just go out and do and be yourself, be who you are, be a part of your culture, and do that and be proud in it, everyone else is just going to respect it. They have no choice. If you love it that much and you are about your culture and you're not disrespecting another's, they're going to respect you. They have no choice. It's too it's too much. Like The unity in itself will just make you respect it. And like, that's kind of what I took from it. Like we, We're to a point now, it's like, you you asking like, did we need that white validation in order to continue it? I don't think we ever really did. You know, that's just so in our own heads. That was in our own minds. They always liked our culture. They've always admired our culture. I, I agree with you, but where I'm going to disagree with you a little bit is the fact that y- we don't need white validation per se. But we also have not been in the position in, until True. more recently, recently uh, yeah. with Obama being president and things like that, that I think our our voice is a little bit more listened to. I mean, if we go back to the 70s and 60s, there's always been unbelievable black performances that changed the game for right. the industry and white people loved the black they performers, but they still weren't giving that black right. credit. They didn't you know have what that mean? platform. So, but I feel like now with Obama have been president and then now, you know, just the cha- Oprah and, and Ava and, and everyone who's changing the game, now it's looked at a little differently. I mean, and, and okay. it's slowly but surely changing. So we did... When I say we needed that white validation, we sort of did. I'm not saying it was right, but we kind of did at the time because we needed we it for being business. For business, we needed for, for business. But I mean, I'm just talking about on a personal level. Just on oh, a we personal our, level, our because that's hot. the issue, yeah. though. You know, that that's the issue. Like the self. You know, as far as our community goes, now business you need it because that's business. Sure. But on a personal level, on how to affect the kid right there, the problem is we haven't been sticking with that. We kind of left it because it was bad for business. Yeah. You know, that's that's an issue. It's a great, great subject, though. Yo, I mean, we could, we could talk about that the I entire mean, show. Very I'm conversation. Yeah, I mean, I that could be the only subject yeah. today that we talk yeah. about. You know what I mean? I just want to add to that real quick. I say that, I'm going to take it even further. I think it's just, we need a validation in period. Like, beyond just white validation, I think as black 
individuals sometimes we look for that validation in wherever we can find it as, as you see there's Instagram Facebook it's like how many likes can mm-hmm. I get we need that validation to True. show that what we're doing is great because think about it, there was Martin Luther King there was Malcolm X they had a had a, a plan you know and they didn't really necessarily need anyone to validate it they were the leaders it's like we stopped having leaders so we stopped like okay should I step out there should I because yeah. I don't know want to look crazy and no one was no one was um Everybody was scared. No one would have the, the was the courage enough to say, you know what, I'm going to lead this fight. I'm going to lead this movement. And I think that, yeah, it took for something like Black Panther to be like, yeah, it's okay. Even people from Africa, they're like, oh, I can now right. be I who, who, I, who I am yeah, I and to live in your own skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's about 8,000 more questions I could roll on about that topic. And we maybe revisit it at some other point. But we're going to move on to some more black girl magic that happened this week. And that's Ms. Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is now the mayor of Atlanta, Georgia. She's yeah. been in office for the last 100 days. And she just rolled, she did a press conference this week and she was discussing the rollout of a new program that I think is pretty cool and I'm really excited about and hope it does the work that she wants it to do. It's called the PAT program and that stands for Preparing Adult Offenders through treatment, therapy, and training. And it's a re-entry program designed to help nonviolent criminals and ex-offenders receive vocational training while they're in jail in order to remove any obstacles to employment once they're released. It provides them with paycheck and benefits for inmates to start paying their rent and child support while they're still incarcerated. And as well, it'll also give them the opportunity to become city employees in the Department of Watershed Management after they have been released. And in, um, Ms. Bottoms responded, her quote was that, quote, these men have an opportunity not just for a job, but actual career pathways. So basically, um, anyone who's scheduled to be released within the next 12 to 18 months and they have been in prison for nonviolent offenses is eligible for this program, and mm-hmm. they can get on the list and try to get up in it. So congratulations for another program implemented she's been doing a lot of changes um in atlanta and firing a whole bunch of people and trying to change some stuff up so hopefully this will all go in a positive direction because i mean atlanta is the new hollywood it's the black mecca as it has been for quite some time in this country and obviously that also means in terms of incarcerated individuals those numbers are staggering and disappointing and it's you know Hopefully, continuing, since we're not getting it really on a national level in terms right. of how we going to do some prison reform, right. she's trying to make some steps to do that on a local level. So that's Yeah, and that's dope. what I was going to say. I mean, the fact that she's able to do it on a local level. I mean, obviously, Obama was trying to implement several different sure. programs before he was out of office where we saw where <laughs> we see where Trump is kind of you know, they wrote frozen that egg, But that's okay. You know, that's okay. Because okay. baby steps. Baby. This is baby steps. Yeah, I'll one, take it. One step forward, a couple steps back, but we still pushing we'll still be pushing (laughs) (laughs) shout out to her though for sure yeah all right we're going to move on to our er web story spotlight of the week er web story spotlight of the week well while beyonce is celebrating black culture negroes in philly are getting arrested at starbucks (laughs) so let's start here in the news <laughs> so it's not funny. It's just I, you know what? When I saw this story, I'm just so used to it's, it's not it's, funny, but it's, it is it, laughable. But it's laughable, it and it's sad because I'm so used to these stories now that I'm almost unfazed by them. Yeah. But if you haven't heard the story, which I'm sure you have, uh, there were two black men that were arrested in a Philly 
Starbucks earlier this week. They were there to meet for a meeting. The names of the guys were Dante Robinson and Rashawn Nelson. They had actually set up a meeting. They were doing a real estate meeting, yes, I believe. They were waiting on They were waiting on another person to come in. Uh, one of the gentlemen asked to use the restroom from the manager of Starbucks. She then proceeded to say, you know, if you, only for people buying customers, basically. He sat back down. They were waiting. Uh, the manager walked back over to them and asked them if they were going to buy anything. They responded, no, they weren't buying anything, but they were waiting for someone to meet them for a meeting. And two minutes later, cops were called. Cops g- go in. They're both arrested. Even the white patrons who were sitting in the Starbucks were very upset by the actions that were being taken place. The police questioned the two gentlemen. You know, they let them know exactly what was going on. Um, you know, that they were there waiting for this specifically, for this meeting specifically. And here's a little clip of some of the chaos that took place in Philly this week with that. So as you see from the video clip, the men are being handcuffed and taken out of Starbucks for not purchasing anything and just sitting there for a meeting, by the way. Now, since then, the CEO, Kevin Johnson, not to be confused with NBA Kevin Johnson, <laughs> is has issued a statement apologizing. He actually uh, is having uh, 8,000 Starbucks close on May 29th, so 175,000 employees can get racial training overall, racial bias training. Um, (laughs) And as I mentioned, he he issued an apology. He's also met with the two gentlemen. Uh, The two gentlemen made a statement today, actually. They were saying that they hope that this is something that opens up people's eyes and makes them aware and and that it doesn't happen again to two other black men or any other black man or woman. Uh, What did you guys think when you saw this video? It's crazy, man. Like, they wasn't doing anything. It's like... It makes no sense, you know. I wouldn't even know how to react in that situation. Like they were very calm about it, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I've been very calm because, like, I didn't do anything. And then you had people saying I didn't do anything. Like, yeah. what? Is, what is your? What is your reason for arresting me? Yeah. Like there has to be a probable cause, and there was none. So even as the police, you would think, okay, let me use my common sense and say, is this even worth the paperwork? Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't. Right. Now, now, I mean, a lesson has been learned from it. But it's like, why do we have? Why do we have to be the scapegoat in a situation where we like we got to be the the guinea pigs to be like. All right, let, let's push everything on them. So we getting shot down, we getting arrested for no apparent reason, and now it's like we're making we have to make a statement. Yeah. No, I, I thought okay. So Starbucks they issued a letter initially as an yep. apology, and then he did put out a video like he did put to out a video. follow up on yep. the letter. And okay, so because you know everybody going crazy on the news feeds, like how we're boycotting. Some people are like, oh, it's not protesting. that big a deal. What is boycotting going to do? Then right. like there's there's all sides of the issue or whatever. So I, I finally watched, because at first I was trying to ignore the whole thing and just be like, I can't even deal with this right now. Like, there was just whatever. So then I watched the video, and I was like, I want it. I really, Starbucks, I really wanted to believe and be positive and be optimistic. Like, oh, well, they're on top of it. At least they're doing something, because a lot of companies just issue their little letter apology from their PR person and don't do anything else. But at no point, he said it was reprehensible behavior on the yeah. part of the manager. Yeah. 
but he never called out straight prejudice or racism. And I feel like, and I know we throw racism around so much that people are like, it's not always racist. It's not always... It's racism in this situation, and I would like it to be labeled as racism, and I would like people to feel that it's ugly and say how ugly it is, because racism is an ugly word, and nobody wants to be called... Most people, most people don't want to be called racist, but if you can call it out and honestly identify it... Maybe for once, people will actually realize, yeah, it is pretty freaking ugly that we did that. And stop trying to talk around it. Oh, this is very reprehensible. We need bias training. And somebody posted a meme that said, um, Starbucks is closing for racial bias training, but what about the rest of America? Because I was like, that's not, I mean, great. I I, I know he's doing it, and I want to believe he's doing it because it's really the right thing to do. But the reality is, is he's afraid that black people are going to not buy Starbucks coffee. So it's really a financial gain, and it's it's financially viable for him to do it. So I respect that. I understand it. But it still gets under my skin, and I'm still grossed out by it. I'm, I know they said that the woman left the job, and technically, I guess legally, they can't disclose if she was actually fired or if she just decided to leave. But I want her arrested, and I want her fined for wasting my taxpayer money to call the police out for some nonsense. Like, and I just feel like there's not... Yes, people are outraged and it's angry, but I don't know that it's... it's the response is still, like, I feel like I'm still getting the sugar-coated version of let's talk about it, and I don't like how it's being talked about. So I, I, at least call her stupid or something. Like, he wasn't harsh enough when he was discussing it. was still very, like, measured response to discuss. It's not measured anymore. That is the most blatant, ridiculous situation that we've seen, other than the way they shot up somebody, and then they shot up somebody's car the other day, and I don't even know the details about that, but I'm just like, if nothing else, like, it was clearly, like, we have the full video, we see they were just walking quietly, and watching them on Good Morning America, I think it was this morning, morning. or yesterday, this morning, I saw the video afterwards, and I was brokenhearted, like, though, I don't know how old those guys are, but they sounded, and I know they're being positive, and they're like, yeah, we just want to talk about it. We're not thinking about suing. Like, we just want to fix it so it never happens to anybody again. They sounded so hurt. Like, it was not just, like, angry. They, there was no anger, actually. They just Delicious. sounded hurt. And I was just like, y'all, we keep doing this, and y'all still confused, and there's still people online talking about, well, what was the what was really going on? Like, what, we didn't get the whole story. Like, what else was there? And the fact that if you weren't there, that that's your first question still is mind-boggling to me. So anyway, I'm rambling, but I'm irritated, and I don't think that his message, even though he's doing the training or whatever, I don't think it was pointed. I don't think it was like, oh, that was really bad, and we don't ever want that to happen again. He gave the very uh, top-line corporate response. It was was still core, and I, I, I would like to see... Maybe I would like to see some actual freaking emotion from him. Like, I don't ever want this kind of ish going down in my store ever again, and I'm gonna do something about it. Like, to show that there was something... It was personal, because I think... At least watching the people in there, like the one white man that was like, "Well, what did they do? We yeah. were sitting here." Like to me, that gives me hope in people. Yeah, but like, shout out I, to him because yeah. he was not letting he down either. It. He, he was, it. yeah, he felt it. But yeah. when you get these corporate people that are just like giving these measured responses, it still seems that they're very removed from it. Just like they always said that they never, the the jury never saw Trayvon Martin as a child or their own child. They couldn't right. get those people to see you. They, they, somehow, people are missing the humanity of other people, and I don't know how else to like make that communicated and I don't feel like the Starbucks president communicated that at all I felt like he was worried about his money and that's right. what I got communicated through his apology Man. and I don't appreciate it yeah well in my personal opinion uh, the situation is it didn't, it didn't it didn't surprise me it really didn't move me to make me just want to you know treat it like it was different from others 
And since I, I saw that video, though, it did touch me a little bit, you know, to actually see. I can see how they would be hurt in that situation. But now I go back to how I feel overall. Like, you kind of know how they feel, you know, how the world views us, you know. Yeah. It, it, it sucks. But I don't think we're going to be able to change that. It's more so I need to have your back. You need to have my back. So if at some point we can come to a time where black on um, black crime is at a minimum, then I am not killing you and you got my back, it's a little bit different now we have that conversation because it's just a totally different situation. So we really have to focus on us first, I feel. Like if Absolutely. we really can get that unity together and really stick with it and not make it a moment, then it's a lot It's different. You're going to have to respect us then. You're going to have to. And then I'm like, listen, his name is Kevin Johnson. He a white man named Kevin Johnson. You can't tell me that he ain't been confused for a black man at some point in his <laughs> hey, life. Right you know what I'm saying? I'm you like, can't tell me that he don't know nothing about no racism. That's why I wanted some more emotion from him. I'm like, come on, bro. I know that you, you know somebody you thought you yeah. were black. You you feel, even if you have never been put in the situation of being arrested and being a black man, yeah. your name is Kevin Johnson, yeah. bro. You have been racially profiled, I am sure, at some point in your career. Hey, you're probably right. You know what I mean? You're Kevin probably, Johnson. Yeah. But he come didn't on. take it. He didn't, ugh. Whatever. He didn't seem per. It didn't seem personal to They're him not make at it personal. all. They it seemed like it was his pocket, and I'm like, if that's all we ever gonna be worried about, you're right. We ain't ever gonna be. It's hard where we to need care to be. about that stuff when money really rules everything. If money is the number one thing, then I mean, kind of is what it is. It's telling you how they're gonna think. Yeah. Certain way you look at it, because in order to what we're talking about, what we need for our people, you kind of have to sacrifice that. Yeah. That kind of has to come second. If that's how you really feel, like it's kind of, and that's but that's supposed happen. to be America. Well, it's not supposed to be America. America is supposed to be money first, but like as people, like we should at some point yeah. figure out that humanity has to come before money. Humanity and then it, money, it, it, right. but it's never been the case. It's never so been why the case. should we be surprised? And Melvin, right you were arrested at Starbucks. So what was your situation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing, y'all. He was arrested. I'm just playing. I'm just like, bro. <laughs> he was like, what? what? I was like, oh man, it's not another story. one. What? This end of the day, it's still sad though, for real. Because I would hate for it to be me. Because I would really be in my feelings. I, I would. Oof. I mean, I'd be oof. in my feelings. Like you said, I would. I can't promise that I would be able to be quiet. They didn't even get their, they got arrested and they didn't read their rights. Like they weren't they like, read, yeah, nothing. They, they just arrested, they handcuffed just them and walked yeah, them outside. Yeah. I would have probably lost my shit. Like, and I, I don't know it. that I could be calm as they were in nah, that situation. I mean, that, was, that was like, man, they really calm because yeah. others would have been like, no, you ain't they taking it no. Yeah. Yeah. You this whole thing up, you're going to have a reason yeah. to take me. Yeah. But probably knowing what's going on right now and that bullets just be flying for no apparent reason. I was like, wait a minute, let me call my lawyer. Let me call my lawyer right now. But can you have that presence of mind? I don't know. But it's messed up. That'd be it's hard. Just up. They need free free coffee for black folks. For the, for the rest that of the that that That's why I don't even like Starbucks. They need a little coffee. I'm I was gonna say, yeah. are you gonna ban Starbucks? I don't drink now? coffee. I drink hot chocolate anyway. So ban, go would you go in Starbucks now? Or would you or are you ban? I feel I view the same. I, I view them. I view it the same. Yeah. I just I just do. I, I view it the same. It doesn't change to me. Yeah. I'm still mad at. H&M, it's like it's so. like it's like Dove, H and M, Dove, H and M, Starbucks. They all showing their colors. I ain't gonna. I still got some Dove soap sitting in my cabinet that I won't even open because I'm mad. Like, because you're not that. I, I nobody's been able to go on H&M either. It's been tough I, for me. I, every time I, I see H&M, to. I'm like, I really, I ain't gonna really lie. Want, I really want that shirt, but I, I'm not going to do I'm it. Do it was it. another company too recently. I don't know. I just want to ask the question because we're talking about these brands, these major corporations. So what brand that's major that's not owned by a colored person that you would say support us? That really just... 
Oh, I don't think they support anything but the green. Oh, that's yeah, for yeah, sure. That's what I think, and that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So but at the same time, they're all in the same boat. But when you have blatantly shown me, yeah, you just got then I I can't pretend like that's not there. Like yeah, when you yeah. show me who you are, I gotta receive that because yeah. then otherwise it's me still continue until you've done it. But you know, please, I get what you're saying. you know, yeah. Nordstrom Ralphs, don't do that because I really can't be going looking for other grocery stores. <laughs> right. I need Trader Joe's in my life. Like and you can't. Although, like, I'm like, although don't do it. Although and Target, don't do it because I gotta go there after I leave the show today. Don't mess up, all right? All right, we're going to leave the topics on a positive note. Kendrick Lamar, he is a winner of a Pulitzer Prize for Damn. Yeah. All right, so congrats and shout out to him. So this is the first time that this has ever been given to a hip-hop artist, because yes. normally it's always classical, classical or music jazz. or jazz music. Yeah. Uh, the um, the uh, Pulitzer is an award for people who don't know. is an award for achievements in newspaper, magazine, and online journalism, literature, and musical comp- compensation. Uh, composition in the U.S. Uh, prizes are awarded yearly in 21 categories. Each recipient receives $15,000 in cash prize oh, see, money I didn't know as well. He got no $15,000 $15, as well. The first award was in 1917. And honestly, since he won this, people like in the, in that community have been going really just they're they're, they're, they're like what what like, is damn yes like what is we damn we need to go look at damn and so it was is funny. It? I was watching CNN the other day and they had a couple of these uh, uh, reporters on there. This white woman who was probably I'm gonna guess she was like 66 and a one of the other like award recipients who was probably in his 60s as yeah. well to you know Caucasians and they both were talking about how they just love Kendrick Lamar and his album <laughs> damn I and it. I just did not believe that they had ever listened to one of the tracks on the album I still don't <laughs> she was like I love Kendrick Lamar I must confess they, I maybe like, oh, they okay. read really? it maybe they read the lyrics I was like really poetry, you, you, you love Kendrick Lamar they might have read the lyrics hey, they might. Okay. it's poetry that's the only way okay know? well shout out to him that's a huge accomplishment that's amazing yes it. All right, so now we're going to go and talk to you guys. So uh, let's start off with you, Melvin. you got a new web series coming out. Let me get the, the exact title here. The, the Eddie Murphy role is mine, not yours. It's also available on YouTube right now and on, right. your, on your site. Right. This Eddie Murphy role is mine. Now. This Eddie Murphy role is mine. What tell us about it? Well, it's it's pretty much as a concept I came up with three years ago, where you know people were saying you need to do some Eddie Murphy, you look like him, and I was just like, what if it was a, a role that I, I go out? For, I went out for a role that I didn't get. It was an Eddie Murphy role for Whitney Houston movie. <clears throat> I didn't get it, so I was just like, I just came with the concept. It was like, what if I could take out my competition? Funny, you know. So I, I get this idea to you know, my agent calls and say, have you have audition to um as, for Eddie Murphy in his biopic, and so. I told him my boy, and like, you know how this is Hollywood. They always going to go with a name. He was like, what if I can make sure that you get the role? And I'm like, okay. So the idea is, is I'm taking out my competition of putting people in the trunks, um, hitting people with bat, taking out, <laughs> you know what I mean? Even there's a guy who plays Kevin Hart in the show. And I'm like, you too, Kevin? Don't you got enough jobs? Like, I'm t- like you got to go. So it's like I'm just taking out my competition and saying, this role is mine. Like, there's nobody that's going to take this role from me. This is how bad I want it. And this is just a fun fun play on on. Me, you know, admire Eddie Murphy and what he's done in this business and, and, and paying homage to him as well. Do you know if Eddie's seen it? Nah, not yet. I, mean, I know a couple of his folks may be looking at it, so. Eddie, you got to check hey, this out. I, I saw out, a clip. Eddie, I was yeah. like, you know your thing. It's funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. Now, as an actor, and, you know, obviously this year we saw a lot of, we've seen a lot of change as far as, like, more people of color on television. Right. Do, are you seeing that translate into more opportunities for roles for yourself? Absolutely. I think that, you know, it's definitely opened up doors for, you know, roles that I may not have been considered for. And now it's like, okay, now there are people are creating roles for, for us. So it's like, you know, there's a lane that we all have, and I feel like there's a lane out there that, that 
has my name on it. So yeah. it's like this year is it's perfect for me. And that's why I created this project for myself and, and being able to put my friends in it. And now it's being considered for two Emmys. So that's huge. You know, Congratulations. Thank you. So it's, it's important that not only just for projects to be created for you, but you can create those projects as well for yourself. And that's what I, I wanted to do. I wanted to showcase what I can do as a writer, what I can do as a producer and not just as an actor. All right. Well, well you creating your very next right. role there that you, you want more than anything in the world, what is it going to be? Eddie Murphy. All right. <laughs> I now I want to see you both in a movie together. I know, you know right? Yeah. That would be excellent. Double Hills Cops, we'll see. They're making, making some they things. They are up. making another they one. They are doing They are. I love it. All right. And and Sean, now you know you introed the the show for us today with right. that that hot single. You like we were talking about. You're from Bama, so what were some of your musical influences growing up and and uh, inspiring people that helped you? It was a weird it was a weird way how I got into music. Actually, I started out as a poet originally. I uh, just used I had no other way to kind of express myself, so I I started writing poetry. When I was like ten because I had no I had no way to get it out. You know, I was a really unorthodox kid. And so from there, um, I may have discovered rap. It was like 12, you know, maybe like 12. First time I ever really listened to it because I didn't grow up around music and really started listening to like uh, Eminem, you know, your, your lyricists of that time period. And uh, just from there, I, I, I just really started pursuing yeah. it, you know. And um, from today, I mean, I went from listening to rock to listening to pop to listening to just different sounds, different styles. And, and today, I mean, here I am, you know, 12, 13 years later, and I literally take something from every person that I like, and I just find that one thing, and like, yo, I like that, I want to try that, because it, I love the fact that uh, being a colored man and being able to come from where I come from, where we don't do anything like that down there, yeah. and it's going to look good on a, on, a, on a black face, you know, look good, like, you'll, you'll hear my music and then see me, and you'll be like, no. <laughs> That's yeah. what I love, though. Yeah, and I love it, too, man, I showed it to my own shoot, and it was like, yo, who's the artist? Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yo, and that's dope. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. You know, well, And we don't have to be in categories. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? I like that's, yeah. And we should have never been. No, right. Exactly. I'm excited to see where the future holds for you, brother, because you got a lot of talent. I mean, for you guys listening and watching, we asked him to perform like impromptu, so yes. he didn't know really coming so, in, and he slayed it down. You know, it. So he killed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, now, where can fans it. find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Sean, Sean Say Music. It's on Instagram, Twitter. And Facebook. That's S E A N S E A Y music. So and where can they get the single? Right, same place. You'll be able to find me. All right. So I appreciate it. Follow me. Let's talk. Follow him. Courtney, where can fans find you? Um everywhere at Stuart Starlet. Melvin, where can everybody find you and where can they find out all about your new project, your web series? Uh, my web series is also on my website, MelvinJacksonJr.com. You can check it out. Melvin Jackson Jr., everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Not hard to find. And do you, uh, is it all there? Like all, this, the, all, the, all, the, all the episodes are already all, there? Or they each week? On my okay, website, it's already, right. it's already out there. All right, so you can binge watch it this binge weekend. It, you Don't go to Coachella, watch his Takes web 10 series. Minutes. Yes. They're all about 10, 10 minutes total. So you, like, you nice. got 10 minutes of your time, make it happen. That's what's up. Support this brother and support this brother. Sure. You can find me at Dario Krishna on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff, and also on the Reels channel on Broken Famous. So we will see you soon and have a great weekend. Peace.
thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at VHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. Hollywood, Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.